You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. I don't know how many of you here tonight have seen a rainbow. Hands up if you've seen a rainbow. Okay, just about everybody. Great. All right. Uh, rainbows today mean all kinds of things to different people. Uh, they've become metaphors for emotions. They're symbols for different kinds of causes. Tonight, what we're going to do for these next few moments is we're going to go back to when a rainbow first appeared in our sky and was described by none other than its creator, God himself. And we're going to see the message of the rainbow that God is sending. Uh, I have a really important reason for that because you will see another rainbow. And my honest prayer is that when you see that rainbow, that this message that we share with you tonight will come to mind that the message of God through his rainbow would be something that enters your head every time you see it because it is indeed a message to us from God and it's more than just a second chance right it was it came at the end of the flood uh, God had flooded the earth uh, mankind had all but been wiped out except for those in the ark Noah and his uh, sons and their wives um, but the message is infinitely greater than just it is a second chance if you're here tonight and you struggle with believing in that, you know, maybe you're not a Christian or a God person or whatever, and, and you go, ah, oh, I don't know about this flood. Listen to the message and see if the message doesn't strike a chord uh, with you anyway and uh, make up your mind from there. So let's begin. Let's go back and dive straight in to the first rainbow that ever appeared in the sky as recorded, the book of Genesis chapter 9 and verse 12. It says, and God said, this was God, let this be a sign of a covenant I'm making. This is, this is God, the reason he's putting it there. Um, between me and you, he's talking to Noah, to every living creature with you, so he had an ark full of animals, as a covenant to all generations to come. So that encompasses you. So now we know that God is saying, this rainbow is a message to you, Noah, but it's not just a message to you, it's a message to all the generations. So we are a generation. God is speaking through the rainbow to you. What's he saying? I've set my rainbow in the clouds. That's really important. We're going to come back to that in a moment. And this will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Let's just talk about signs for a moment. Signs everywhere are signs. Signs are important. Um, the Bible talks about signs, signs and wonders. The, you you uh, head to the airport, you might see a sign. You might say, you know, to get to the airport, turn here. Really important piece of information if you have to catch an airplane. Signs can be really, really important because they direct us somewhere. They point to something. The rainbow is pointing to something really important. Now, we don't congregate around a sign. We don't worship a sign. Uh, we're not here for signs, but we recognize there are signs. It's important to know what the sign says, what the sign communicates. What was the sign's purpose? He says it's, it's a sign of a covenant. And that's interesting because every covenant has a sign. This morning, if you were here this morning in this service here at Ipswich, uh, but something we do in all of our services at one point or another throughout the month we have a thing we call communion. And in communion, we get a little bit of uh, biscuit and a little bit of a, a glass of grape juice. And this biscuit and this grape juice are signs. They're not sacred. There's nothing holy about this little cup of, of grape juice. 
there's, nothing, there's nothing sacred about this piece of biscuit that I might hold in my hand. But the, what they point to is sacred. What they're directing us to is really important. Uh, and these are signs. Signs are really important, although they themselves are not holy, they themselves are not sacred. And of course, the covenant is pointing as signs of that covenant, the, the, uh, the uh, bread and the wine, as, as we would refer it to, the, the grape juice and the biscuit, whatever. Uh, they're pointing us to the fact that Jesus' body was broken and his blood was shed so that our sin would be forgiven, right? And if you understand the signs that you see in the covenant, you appreciate the length and breadth of the promise. It's important. It's pointing to something that we need to know. If you're a Christian, it's pointing to something that God wants to tell you. And of course, we could talk all night about those signs, but that's not what we're talking about here tonight. I'm just pointing to the fact that they are signs of a covenant, just like the rainbow is a sign of a covenant, an everlasting covenant like the, uh, like, like the emblems that we have when we have communion. They are signs of a covenant that will last as long as time itself. I will suggest to you that the rainbow tells you everything you need to know about your relationship with God. Every time you see a rainbow, you better go, oh, I, I get my relationship with God. That sign tells me everything that I need to know. And you might be thinking, well, what is it? What is it that I need to know? Well, I, I've got three points that I want to draw your attention to tonight and, and just talk about quite quickly. But um, firstly, it's the breadth of God's grace. God says, this is to you, to every living creature, and for all time. That's a pretty large parameter. God is outlining those who can receive his grace. And he says, every creature forever can receive my grace. What is a rainbow? Well, a rainbow, a rainbow is sunlight reflected through rain. In reality, if you wanted to get way up into the hemisphere, into the stratosphere, you look down, it's a circle. But of course, we never see it as a circle. We see it as a bow. We see it as a, uh, as a rainbow, and that's how we refer to it, because it's shaped like a bow. And I have no doubt in the passage, those, uh, when Moses penned that, that he was communicating a rainbow. But the word he uses is quite interesting. The word he uses as, as the word for bow here is not dissimilar. It's the same concept or the idea as a, as a, a weapon, a fighting bow. You see, uh, back in ancient times, the archer was the artillery of the army. He was the attack guy. In the same way, you know, today you might have modern artillery with all kinds of guns and, uh, and missiles or what, what have you that you attack the enemy with. You kill them. And, uh, and the way... In ancient years, and anybody's watched anything you know to do with with uh, Roman um, Roman times, uh, you know uh, uh, movies or, or documentaries. You, you see, you know the, the archer. You see the guy with his bow, and the guy with his bow, the the archer who was quite proficient was quite deadly, right? I mean, right between the eyes, he would take you down. Uh, the archer was there to kid you with his bow, and what God is saying here is that I'm laying up my bow he's laying up the manner under which he destroyed mankind he just destroyed mankind and he says that's it i'm not judging mankind again i'm laying up my bow 
Now, is God naive? Why, why did God wipe out the generations prior uh, uh, to Noah? Every human being on the earth drowned in the flood except Noah and his immediate offspring. Why did God do that? God did that because God is holy. God is God and God cannot abide. He cannot embrace. He cannot, he cannot dwell with darkness. And darkness basically had filled the heart of man. And so God who wanted to commune with man couldn't commune with man because of the darkness except for this guy Noah he found Noah was righteous and so uh, everybody else was judged everybody else was killed and Noah remained alone and God said I am not punishing sin again that's a really important thing to know because some of you think when stuff's going wrong God's punishing me God doesn't like me God's after me you need to look at a rainbow and you need to see the direction that God's laid up the rainbow. God's not punishing me. God's not sending his arrows towards me anymore. He's laid it up. Of course, you can ask yourself, how can one side be at peace while the other side's at war? Because God says, I'm not at war with mankind anymore, right? The fight is over. I'm laying up my bow. But man has continued to war against God. If you don't believe me, right, have a look at Twitter sometime <laughs> when anyone tweets something positive about God and see the reactions or, or consider the vitriolic press and the way it's treating our current prime minister because he's a God botherer, apparently, or, or uh, the way that the church is treated. Uh, the world today has, has a thing against God. We don't like God. We think God is, has let us down. God has done the wrong thing. We're at war with God, but God is not at war with us. And how can that be? How can, how can God lay up his bow and, and not be at war with us when we are at war with him? When we know that there is not goodness everywhere in the world, we know that there is still darkness out there and that if God is God, right? If you believe that God is God and he's the righteous judge, then God needs to judge, right? Or he's not God, he's not righteous. Is he still a God of wrath? Well, he is. But you need to understand where that wrath has been directed. And that's the big key here. What, what, if you look at the rainbow, and uh, there's a bit of one there, uh, we're looking at the breadth of his grace, but you, the rainbow is uh, pointed up into the sky, isn't it? Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad the rainbow doesn't go like that, pointed down at us? <laughs> it's pointed up to the sky. And the reason, of course, it's pointed up to the sky is because that's where he's now focusing his arrows. See, the, the rainbow always appears at the juncture between the storm and the sun, where light and darkness come together. Can I put it another way? Let's just say where grace meets judgment. Can we put it another way? Think about the cross of Jesus Christ for a moment. On the cross of Jesus Christ, what do we see? We see the judgment of God. We see the grace of God. At the, judge, at the, the cross of Jesus Christ, what do we see? We see all that is black, all that is dark. In fact, it was so dark that darkness covered the earth, the, the, uh, the uh, eyewitnesses report. But we see a light so bright that it still shines 2,000 years later on the other side of the earth here in Ipswich. The cross, if you want to read uh, Isaiah 53, it talks about this. We don't have time tonight, but it's the coming together 
of light and darkness. And what I find so interesting about that is where do you see a rainbow? Where the sun comes and meets the darkness of the storm, boom, a rainbow in the sky. Where the darkness of judgment meets meets the grace of his love, boom, the cross. What do you see? You see this incredible heart of grace that God has for his people. You see, the storm of eternal judgment meets the grace of eternal forgiveness. Jesus went to the heart of God's wrath so we could be included in the sweeping promise of his grace, the breadth of his grace. That's why it's not pointed down. It's still pointed. It's still there, but it's pointed up. The arrows go into Jesus so the arrows don't go into you. It was so exciting, wasn't it? I've got to tell you, folks, if you saw one of those arrows coming and you knew that Jesus went in between the arrow hitting you, you'd be pretty excited, wouldn't you? That's the message. That's what's going on. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I'm making. He, he makes this statement. I kind of alluded to it, but it's, it's important to understand. He said, I've set my rainbow in the clouds. We spoke about the breadth of his grace, but I want you to consider the backdrop of his grace. I want to go a little bit deeper in this whole idea of the rainbow appears at the backdrop of the rainbow is the storm, the tempest, the clouds. Because you'll never find a rainbow on a sunny day. You'll never find the rainbow when there's not a cloud in the sky and all you can see is beautiful sun to the horizon. You only find a rainbow when there's a bit of a storm about, right? And how many know that you need storms in your life to experience the grace of God? If you never had a storm, if you never had a tough time, if things always went in accordance with, you know, the way you wanted, if you were always on top, then you'd never know what God could do. You'd never know the grace of God. All you'd know is your own goodness. <laughs> All you'd know is how clever you are. Um, C.S. Lewis makes the observation. He says, pain is God's megaphone. It screams, you need somebody. You need a savior. Uh, statistically speaking, the reality is in the West, which we are a part of, the church is in decline. Christianity is actually in decline. It's being outstripped by the birth rate. That's just a fact. Um, that's not the fact in every part of the world. It's, it's the fact in the, in the West where there's such peace and prosperity uh, that we've just thought, well, we don't need God because we've got peace, we've got prosperity, we've got no storms, we've got no real problems. She'll be right, mate. You know, it's just blue, blue sky shining at me. Everything's honky-dory, everything's tickety-boo, you know. It's all great. And because of that, there's no need for God. But... Uh, if I was to take you into some other parts of the world, if I was to take you to Africa, for example, in Africa, uh, Christianity is spreading at an incredible rate. They reckon it's almost half the, half the continent calls themselves a Christian in Africa today. If I was to take you in China, something similar is going on. Chinese people are turning to Christ in, in unprecedented numbers as never before. And I would suggest to you that if you go to those places, you can find uh, people who, whose lives uh, are surrounded by uncertainty, people whose lives are surrounded by storms. And in the midst of those storms, they're seeing the fact that they need grace. They need something. The backdrop of the rainbow of God's grace is always the storm of your experience. And I want to encourage you tonight that if you are going through a rough time, if you're having a tough time, that's not a bad thing because it's in the midst of your crisis that you can see the power and the grace of God. 
If you never had a storm, if you never had a crisis, God would never break through for you. But because things can get tight, because things can get tough, you can know the power of God. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I'm experiencing a dark time, I know your grace is with me. The truth is, you don't know his grace is with you unless you experience a dark time. Paul wrote this, we, if you're following our reading guides in 2 Corinthians, you could just about take any of the chapters of last week. But let me just take this chapter that we read this week and read you a little bit. He said, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the troubles we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed, overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. How many know that's a rough time? He's gone through a pretty black storm. But as a result, he says, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely on only God who raises the dead. And he did. He rescued us from mortal danger. And he, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he continues to rescue us. What Paul is saying is that we had a storm unto death. We thought we were gone, but God's mighty hand came through and rescued us. And that is the testimony of our life. We were not called to live boring lives, folks, that are just predictable and, we, we, and devoid of any sense of challenge. It's the challenge that shows us the grace of God. The rainbow is a comfort of His grace. His judgment is away from us and His grace is headed towards us. I want to encourage you tonight, don't be surprised when troubles come. Don't be surprised when storm clouds form. No, this is an opportunity for God's grace to come shining through into your life. This is a moment for you to see and to understand how powerful and how great God actually is. What do we know? We know the breadth of his grace through the rainbow. That this was a message, not just to Noah thousands of years ago, but it's a message to you and I still today in 2018. As we see the rainbow, we go, God is still speaking to us about the breadth of his grace. And know the backdrop of his grace. It's backdropped against darkness. It's backdropped against storm clouds. It's backdropped against hard times. But that's what shows us and that's what tells us that God is for us. And the last thought I want to share with you tonight is how many believe that the rainbow is a really beautiful thing? Um, when you see a rainbow, it's quite a wonder really, isn't it? You go, wow, that's amazing. You know, the richness of its colors, it's just sort of hovering there in space. You know, you, you can't kind of touch it, but it's there. Have you ever tried to chase a rainbow? You know, someone once said that there was gold at the end of a rainbow. Anyone as a kid would try to, to, uh, to validate that, you know? I'm going to see if there's gold at the end of the rainbow, you know, and sort of chase after the rainbow to see whether you can find your pot of gold. Um, yeah, I did, and I never got one. But anyway, because, uh, you know, the closer you get to the rainbow, right, the further it is away from you. And uh, it's a bit mysterious. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit, a little bit wonderful. Kind of like, wow, those incredible colors, the way it just hovers there, and yet you can't touch it. You, you, you can't really, you can't really um, uh, measure it. You know, you can't really define it, but you know it's there. 
because you see its incredible beauty. And I want to just say this to you tonight about, about God because there's a real message here and it's the beauty of His grace. We've considered the breadth of it. We understand the backdrop of it. But all of that, I think, falls over. It doesn't hold weight if we don't understand the beauty of His grace. How many know religious people follow God for what they can get out of it? Um, Jesus just makes sense, right? If you, if you figure out how to follow Jesus and you do what he says, life will go better for you. But over time, it will become burdensome. Over time, it will come crashing down because it's very hard to keep it up. But the truth is, if you can, life works. Religious people follow Jesus because it's useful. You know, I go to church. It's a good thing to do. I meet nice people like I uh, you know, it's part of my social kind of uh, routine. And they can have a kind of, you know, uh, it's a good thing to be part of church. It's a good thing to be part of uh, the body of Christ, religious people. But if you know Jesus, you follow him because of his beauty. You don't follow him because what you can get out of it. You follow him because you really don't have another choice. He's just so beautiful. I, I, I'm all, you know, for the logical argument about God. And last Sunday night, you know, we had Dr. Robbie here who gave us a quite succinct logical argument. And I know, I mean, that's gone gangbusters on our podcast. It's been listened to more than anything, you know, in recent times. It, it's, it's really popular. And I get that. And I have no issue with that. I think it's great. I think you've got to have a you know, a, a, a scholarly approach, a, a, a reasoned argument, if you will. And people want to hear it and people are listening to it. And that's okay. That's good. But if this just becomes about logic, you know what you finish up with? You finish up with Dr. Spock. <laughs> it's a bit cold, really. It's a bit hard. It's, it's, there's no real life to it. There's something... As, 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 as good as logic is, there's something more profound, and that's meaning and beauty. Meaning and beauty. We can argue logic that the cows come home, but there is something in you that's incredibly attracted to beauty. In fact, they've done experiments, and they show pictures of people, and they even, even toddlers and babies look longer at beautiful pictures, pictures of beautiful people. Um, there is something hardwired in us to notice beauty. We love beauty. We love to look at beautiful things. We double take at beautiful people. But the truth is there's nothing as beautiful as the grace of God. When you understand God's grace, He tries to give the message and what is a beautiful sign? The rainbow is arguably the most beautiful sign you'll ever see. All kinds of signs. You know, we've got a certificate of baptism. That's a sign we're going to give out in a minute, you know. That's an attractive sign, you'd agree. <laughs> but, you know, sort of doesn't compare to the rainbow. <laughs> rainbow is arguably the most beautiful sign the world has ever seen. And there's a good reason for that. It's bringing with it the most beautiful truth. And I wonder tonight if you can get your head around the beauty of God. If you can see the breadth 
of His grace. That His wrath is now aimed, His judgment is now focused on Jesus. It's focused up. The bow points up. The arrows are released that way. So His grace and His love comes to us. It's backdropped against darkness. But we realize that we can live by a dynamic that's not one of awe, that's not one of responsibility, it's not one of religion. What does your religion you know, require of you? What do you have to do? We live of, from the dynamic of beauty, the dynamic of want to, the dynamic of get to, the dynamic of wow, this is incredible. If anyone is here tonight and you're in a storm, I, I want you to know not to worry. I want you to know not to panic, but to find your rainbow. Because every storm has a rainbow. And that rainbow is God's grace. That rainbow is God's deliverance. That rainbow is God's power to you, letting you know judgment's not coming your way. Grace is. Judgment's been pointed this direction. Judgment's been taken from you. What you have is grace. What you have is beauty. Take a step back and wonder at the beauty of who He is. And know that those clouds are filled with His grace. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 